The following program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of the sponsors, Broadway Media, Exactware, or any school district, their respective managements or employees. Geekshowpodcast.com and welcome to it. Thank you for downloading or listening to on your device our program. We want to thank all of the sponsors who help pay for this party. Dr. Volt's Comet Connection at 2043 East 3300 South opens seven days a week for you heathens. Holds are free and for your hold you get a 10% discount off purchases over $20. Also open seven days a week and open way late. The Atomic Arcade 3939 Highland Drive Classic Arcade Video and Pinball at Classic Prices. And Cabin Fever Downtown Salt Lake City on 700 East 600 South in the heart of Trolley Square Mall. All the gifts for yourself or the freak meek geek in your life. And remember to let all of our sponsors know who you are. Be sure to tell them Geek Show says hey. We... <laughs> so professional. Start the show with a clear. We are not in. We are not in the basement. No, the basement is still under uh, deep construction. I'm. I'm kind of uh, waiting for like uh, somebody's character from, I don't know, a Tarantino movie to walk in and offer us drugs. Right. I feel like we, let's cook math after we're done. <laughs> this room is is conducive to. I like that this used to be a hotel or a motel rather. Yeah. And this is the tiniest room in the world. Yeah. Uh, they're like this will be seventeen dollars. This is uh, <laughs> to rent this. This is Jimmy Martin's workspace. That we're yeah, in. Uh, this is where he, uh, he does uh, big movie mouth off the, yeah. the video portion. Yeah, it's, it's not... perfect size for a pod. Oh, it really is yeah. for a radio sta- studio. Oh, mm-hmm. we, no, we film. It's a TV show and a TV show. Yeah, so we just set up the cameras right over here on the side of the wall, and it's on is uh, it panel. It's is just, it like it's, a talk it's, show? It's or? Just like, yeah, it's two critics, two film critics. <laughs> Jimmy and well, I want it to be like Panorama with like, this is actually a green screen. Yeah. We look like we're in Scotland. It's Outlander. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shan- you guys are shooting It's Outlander. just a weather show. Shannon and I are renting the space next door. It's going to be Shanley Incorporated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's that's where we're at today because uh, the basement's still deep under construction. We might be able to uh, record uh, official in the new studio in about two to three weeks. Well, deep, deep construction. I like the idea that there might be some sort of archaeology find. There was. Uh, oh, a yeah? wall was walked uh, knocked down, and they found a bones. No, no, they found was, a, I wish it was that. I holy like, grail! Oh, they, they found a fireplace. Yeah, they did. They found a mysterious fireplace. <laughs> I, I knew the this, the roof had two chimneys, and yeah. I and no, but we found the fireplace. That's not the yeah. first time I've heard somebody just building over a fireplace. I just don't like get Kat's that. grandmother did it. And I was like, why? Like it's, well, they just put a mirror. So pretty. Over it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was pissed that you like. Covered it up. Covered it up because I was like, God, that'd be cozy when we're recording the yeah. podcast. Because <laughs> no. your house is cold as fuck. His wife's against the <laughs> I have heat now, okay? What? That's part of the new fancy reconstruction is heat in the basement. Man, you got, it's a brand new world. heated now, Mr. Jackson? I know, well, they're, I know. They're, they're allowing heaters in Olympus Cove? I know, right? <laughs> It's, I, I, I never I, I thought was, I'd see the day. I was in a house one time where they had paneled over um, stained glass windows. Mm-hmm. What? And then they had put over the oak uh, baseboards, uh, rubber industrial baseboards, and they had carpeted over the hardwood floors. And uh, my sister had bought this house to 
they weren't going to flip it, but it was, and she was like, we asked them why they did all that. And, and it was this older couple and they're like, well, we were saving it. And she goes, for me? Because that's what's going to happen. Because I'm going to uncover all this and live the life of someone we, with a stained glass you, window I, in their house. Did you ask him like, did you ask him, do you guys like cook a really nice steak and then take a shit on it? <laughs> and I, then throw it away so that you could eat a burrito? <laughs> I recommend anybody, if you own a house and if you have the, maybe if you rent it too, just go for it. But uh, to, to rip up carpet or, or knock down walls because Jimmy in mine, found, yeah. in, in mine, we got new carpet, so we tore up the carpet on the inside. Yeah. And there's this big mural on the, like our, our bedroom. Like a mosaic? It was a big mural on the floor painted underneath the carpet of a vagina. <laughs> The oh. size of the house, like a that giant. is a large lady. And I go, <laughs> a, a disembodied vagina, no, like yeah, a fleshlight. Just, just a, it was like the starlight <laughs> pit. It was just there. But what's funny is that I, I, we're sitting there laughing, like, really, a vagina? And then, you, so we told our neighbors, like, yeah, we found this weird painting, like underneath the carpet. And they go, oh, the vagina. And then I go, what the fuck is that? And he goes, like, people who lived there were hippies. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't Celebs. just a giant Georgia O'Keeffe painting? <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. That's tulip season, you guys. <laughs> Welcome to Salt Lake. Thank you. And. Uh, <laughs> Could have been an orchid, you fucking pervert. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When you look at those Rorschach things, what do you see? Jeff? There was a piercing. And <laughs> <laughs> there was a penis going into it. That's how I knew. That's in the living room. We had talked about. <laughs> we had talked about vaginas a lot today. It's all, we're three minutes into this thing. How's well, it going? We were talking about it in the car. Oh, we're yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. What that happened? was penis talk. Oh my! Welcome to penis in talk. Front of, in front of in front of guests. Well, she <laughs> brought it up. She brought it up. Oh, yeah. oh no! I think I was talking about Ari Shafir, yeah. Yeah. and he was talking about how yeah, it was a joke that he was doing that. Didn't have a punchline for me. Oh. For me, there wasn't a punchline. Okay. It doesn't mean that maybe there was a mysterious punchline that was created after, maybe it was put in post after the show. Uh, I don't know that it was being recorded. <laughs> it's photoshopped. But like, yes. We all agreed uh, everybody's genitals are gross in the morning. Yes. Yeah. Everybody's genitals are kind of gross. Kind of gross. Yeah. yeah. Well, you gotta, I'm a fan. I, I didn't say, I didn't say well, you can't I, love them. It's kind of like having that, that, that mutant child that listen, you can't help but love. You know? I try. I cleaned up this morning. Little, right? You know, with the, yeah. little, oh, you say hours later? Well, have, what, what is that? The, you have a tool? It? Yeah, I have a tool. <laughs> what tool are you using? Is it like a back scratcher well, but there's, it's for your front? <laughs> there are several tools. There's uh, First of all, there's the uh, the trimmer. that is. Uh, it is a nose hair trimmer but can be used for other oh, very uh, delicate Oh, you're doing landscaping? He's, he's, a little uh, landscaping this morning. Jackson, you trimmed out. It was. It, I do. Oh, get it waxed. Oh. We don't live in the jungle. I don't need that. Get it waxed. Just rip it off. One I, shot. Uh, Bam. So eventually, we're all just going to be hairless balloons <laughs> squeaking against each other. Um, I had a girlfriend That's... talk me into shaving one uh -huh. time, yeah. and I didn't like it because it looked like a scared baby bird. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, so, the rest of my body isn't so great that me shaving down there is going to really do anything for you. So me losing, I'm like, we're just going to, we're going to go with the original parts. And uh, if you want to get involved with this, you're going to have to take it as is. That's the thing is, I don't do it for the wife. I just, it disgusts me. He just I, likes having a pube collection. You've got so, such weird dick problems. I know. <laughs> so how much did your epi fella cost you? Uh, it was did only like 12 it, bucks. It was it at Nordstrom's? Yeah, it was yeah. 12 bucks. Yeah. At Nordstrom's. You know, they don't care. It's a class. Go to the rack. You maybe get a deal. <laughs> you can't find them at Nordstrom. You have to go to Walgreens for this baby. Yeah, yeah. so the EpiPhel is only at Walgreens. It's the gold version. It costs $10,000. Yeah. $10, yeah. <laughs> and the name of the episode is EpiFella. <laughs> Right. I like that you name them. Yes. Right. I'm now at 17 points. Should I, I should name my episodes. People, somebody asked me if I should name my episodes. And I was like, oh, that sounds like another task. Uh, <laughs> but I do. It's 
not a bad idea, I guess. The uh, oh, the voice that you're hearing is our special guest. Jay is not here, by the way. We we need to mention Jay is not. Jay and Tony what? are both not here. What are Jay and Tony's full names? Uh, Jay Whitaker and Too Tall Trill Tony. Triple okay. T, quad T. Quad T. Uh, he usually does this. He uh, Tony produces this. He's okay. too tall for so, the room. That is a so sweet, doing. sweet board, man. <laughs> Thank you. It's a bit of overkill. It is for, for what we're doing. We're just talking. <laughs> I know. And, but oh, no. it is. It's somebody, a music. This thing's a musical. Yeah, that th- that thing needs a band. You need to get the hymns. Yeah, can you, can you play a whistle? Oh, I'm so sorry. I know that there was some conv- conv- convention or something happening today with the with the tidy people. Can you play a whiskey jug? That's the question. But uh, Tony is not here. Jay uh, Whitaker, as we record this, is uh, doing a set at the Comedy Store. We're all very proud of him. He's doing very well. Yeah. And uh, uh, our new panelist, Rosa Sharon Wilson, she wasn't able to get in from Oklahoma. That's true. So okay. But uh, joining us. <laughs> And, and we're going to definitely need your help today, Jackie, because uh, here's the thing. I usually come with show notes and topics and things we're going to talk oh, about, correct? Sure. Uh, I packed up all this stuff to come down here and left all that yeah. up there. I'm so, plug and play. I won't shut up. So that's what we're, uh, gonna, we're, we're, so. we're going to do the reverse dork forest here today. Awesome. <laughs> because now the por- the format of the dork, this Jackie Cation, by the Jackie way. Jackie Cation, yeah. uh, yes. welcome to me. Thanks for uh, having me on Jackie. the program, Geek Show Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> her, her podcast, uh, The Dork Forest. The Dork is, Forest. So this is this is certain symbiotic relation. I, you did my pod mm-hmm. two days ago. Somebody last night was like, when's that dropping? When's that dropping? And I was like, two weeks. Two weeks that'll be going up on the iTunes. Cool. And, uh, so, so uh, what she does on her show, the format of her show, is is that she'll have a guest and she'll ask the guest to uh, bring the thing that they nerd out about, regardless of what it is. Right. So you talked about me. So we talked about you for an hour. <laughs> wow. Fifty-seven minutes about she what a knows. That's how long everything. it takes to walk here from my restaurant. <laughs> And uh, so that's what we're going to do is we're going to uh, to call upon Jackie to tell us what it is that she nerds about. Oh, is this right. a dork? Fo- there are a couple it's of a episodes of the dork forest. forest. There, uh, I call them dork forest origin episodes. Ah, and uh, like my own origin dorkdoms. Uh, my husband Andy Ashcraft is a game designer, video mm-hmm. game designer. And so back in the the day, I, that was I mean when I when I was born, I was born uh, uh, to no dorkdoms. I was born uh, to poor. We could have could have been bad guys. Could have been white trash. <laughs> could all for some reason I could have just uh, I could have ended up living on on top of blocks in front of somebody's house. Well, it was in As a uh, person. Where, where, where was it you grew up? It was uh, a little factory town outside of Milwaukee called yes. South Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Sadly, east of the city. Mm. Not that bright. No. We're not that bright. <laughs> south Milwaukee. We tried. I think we're and south. I don't know. <laughs> it's south and east. And you're like, yeah, but that's the lake. Okay. So, uh, but the, um, yeah, but then, uh, but I, I started reading at a very young age and I would read anything. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up reading, well, you know, I was a young girl. So what do young girls read? Little House on the Prairie. Nope. Baby Dog Sears books Club. and what? Baby, Baby Sears Club. Dog books and horse books, you guys. Dog books and horse books. <laughs> and that's what all the girls read at the South. I'm telling you that right now. Dog books and horse books? Yeah. Dog books and horse books. Yeah. I, I read more. There was a guy named Colonel S.P. Meek and another guy named Joseph Altshuler. They both were like born genuinely in the 1800s. And I and that was the South Milwaukee Public Library's con- contribution to YA literature when I was a kid. Essentially, they were they're young boys' books. It was essentially like dog books from the perspective of the dog. Right. That's what you want to do. It's like, hey, it's a, it's, it's about a Coast Guard dog, and you're like, why are we following the? Who owns this dog? Is every chapter like my asshole smells weird? <laughs> I'm gonna look at it. I'm gonna turn around super quick and look at it. It's hey, like, these anal it. glands aren't gonna express themselves. <laughs> this itches. I'm gonna fuck up this carpet. <laughs> oh, the scooching, the scooching. I, I found out what that's from. 
What is it? The scooching. They need to. They need to get their anal glands expressed. Oh, yeah. It's true. That's why they're scooching because that opens up the anal glands and helps them get out all that compacted stuff. That's why I do it. So small dogs. Small dogs do it more than large dogs because large learning. dogs actually do it on their own when they poop because their poops are bigger. We're learning. But little okay. dogs have little poops. So they don't automatically Kirst, express their anal glands. Interesting. Who's so, taking notes? I'm taking notes. So say if you have a small dog that might. Are you going to use your EpiPen or whatever the hell that thing is to? <laughs> no, I'll pay someone to do that. Your Epi fella. Yeah. She'll have her own EpiPen. If you, don't, if you don't get it done, it's going to look like your dog has two, possibly three assholes, and it's kind of disturbing. Wow. All right, where were we? Well, I don't know. That died books. really shut me. Anyway, so I just I had the, I, re, I read all those books, and I read these Dan Frontier books. For some reason, I only read books by men who were born in the late 1800s, uh, well until I was about 15 do or 16. Do you remember any of the titles of these books? Yeah. Yeah, are you kidding me? <laughs> All of them. I'm uh, the Guns of Bull Run. The, Joseph A. Altshuler wrote okay. three series uh, that are that are very that were very popular uh, in the early 1900s. They were there was a Civil War series about two cousins, both of them from a small town in Kentucky. You guys, uh-huh. turns out one fought for the North. What do you think the other guy did? He fought for the South. I That's was right. gonna guess that. Oh damn! I was and, hoping uh, he fought for Mexico because <laughs> that shit 1951 be was fucked up. <laughs> and uh, but then and then and then a French and an uh, Indian War series. Joseph A. Altshuler, and then there was a World War One, and then he died. But uh, so <laughs> he wrote a bunch of he, he wrote a bunch of stuff, and it was it was sort of like the, the, uh, who wrote Last of the Mohicans. You're asking us? Uh, okay. Uh, well, who, whoever wrote last, not Look Hawthorne. Up. Look it up. But uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne, he was not writing <laughs> last Doctor I actually feel really stupid because I've read this book. Right. Like I mean, it was a thing. I, I, I read most of it, but essentially Joseph A. Altshuler was like the sort of the shitty version of that. Like the <laughs> like the prose is good. Like it's much better than anything written now for children. Mm-hmm. But, but like it was a sci-fi knockoff. It was like a knockoff of right. last. James of the, Fenimore. James Fenimore Cooper. That's it. James Fenimore Cooper wrote last the Mohicans so the French and Indian War series is essentially just a kind of a knockoff of that and uh, the noble savages and all that bullshit all right. and uh, aren't we all we're all noble savages and and then and then uh, uh, but the the dog books uh, what's his name Colonel S.P. Meek he wrote he wrote there was one there was a jumping horse that I can't remember the name of it but it was a it was a it was a, a polo pony in in India and uh, it was about a polo pony in India and uh, and it was a it was called Frogger. I think that name of the the name of the horse was Frogger, which was funny because that was a video game that yeah. I also yeah. played. Right. And um, anyway, uh, so those are the books I read when I was a child. I was and then I read all of the Louis L'Amour novels. My dad and did. Yeah, sure. I am somebody's dad yeah. secretly. And uh, <laughs> my favorite Louis L'Amour novel, the one where he comes, where the uh, stranger comes to town and helps somebody. Oh, I like oh. that one. That's my favorite one too. A lot of depth in that one. <laughs> They're all that one. Yeah. And uh, so, and then I, you know, and then my brother turned me on to um, science fiction and then uh, it's been, it's been that forever. What was the first uh, sci-fi that you were turned on to? What well, was it was, it was what more was sci-fi entry? fantasy. He's, he got me uh, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit ah. and I was 19 and I had never read them. Wow. And so, and then it, that, it went from that to Dragon Riders of Pern to that horrible series about that leper whiny fuck. Uh, I don't know if oh, you. Oh, Lord Foulsbane. That's it. Nice one. <laughs> Terrible fucking oh, no, Terrible. 
terrible. You're yeah. like, pick a lane, dude. Yeah, no. Did you want to be in a coma, but with all of your parts? Yeah. <laughs> or did you want to not be in a coma? And hey, while we're at it, let's let's have some sexual fantasies about teenage girls, because that's that's really what those books are about. <laughs> Is that what's in there? Oh, okay. It's just terrible, right. terrible shit. Give them a look then. <laughs> I have friends who swear by those books, and I love straight them yeah, I know. I just, uh, see, both of you are, are heavy into the fantasy, and it was just something that I never could get into. You yeah. just have to find the right fantasy. Yeah, I you guess. have to find the right fantasy. I didn't read Lord of the Rings until I knew the movies were coming out. Yeah. And I read the first two books, and then I got I fell behind. And I'm, I was actually just talking about this the other day. I can't read a book after I've seen the movie, really? or if I start seeing people cast and stuff like that. It just it takes me out of it. Like mm. I, I like to cast it's it myself. Better to, yeah, it's better to read it before you see yeah. the movie, and especially the Lord of the Rings movies, since they are based on the world, but not the characters. Yeah. Because the he, Jackson nailed, <laughs> nailed the world, I thought. The world was very, yeah. very beautiful. True. Uh, he destroyed Faramir. And since I was in love with Faramir, let me uh, go find Peter Jackson and punch him in the nose. <laughs> anyway, so, but that's fine. But that's, well, I it's mean, really, like, really hard to adapt a story written by a linguist that studies the evolution of a language. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Time to the end of time. Well, it's, it's Peter Jackson's any... a monster movie guy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, J.R.L. Tolkien's a philologist. Oh, um, so. I didn't read The Hobbit until I made 10-year-olds read it. <laughs> I've never read it. I've never read The Hobbit. Oh, the it's Hobbit's a, a easy read. Oh, yeah, everybody yeah. said they read it like in grade school. Yeah. It's, the, it's never the perfect it. kids book. Yeah. And, and weirdly enough, it's two different books. You know, it's a kid's book until it's yeah. an adult book. The last, like, fourth of it right. is just this super dark war story. You're like, hey, guess who was in World War One? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tolkien. <laughs> guess where Captain Tolkien was when he wrote this part of the story? Yeah. <laughs> oh. well, well, that's the thing, too. I, I wonder, because I, I didn't despise the Hobbit movies. I, clearly, they're way too long. You can I tell he took, so he long. just stretched it till, you know, to it's as thin as can be. But I, I think I enjoyed it more than people who had read it. You know, yeah. I think they were more offended by it, you know. I, I got that feeling, too. The, yeah. the people who were who were into the books, were, they could not enjoy themselves. Well, I hated the first one because it's just yeah. fucking they boring. They took the quintessential essence of The Hobbit yeah. and threw it out the window. Whereas the Lord of the Rings movies yeah. took the quintessential essence of The Lord of the Rings and kept them. So The now, Hobbit... The Hobbit I, is a gentle kid story. That's really what it is. And it gets scary sometimes, but it's a kid story. And there's nothing about those three movies where I go, hey, I'm going to take my five-year-old to see this. You like that cartoon That's better? That's interesting. I do, actually. I think the Rankin-Bass cartoon is a better Hobbit adaptation. It scared than, the shit out of me when I was a yeah, kid. Yeah, I didn't like that. The animation on it was so creepy, the art. <laughs> well, but, uh, yeah, that was that, that's what Rankin-Bass did. And I saw it did. when I was 20. <laughs> so <laughs> it wasn't my, my shit. But the weird thing is, is that I thought that he kind of nailed sort of the Hobbits better in the in the, in really? the Hobbit than he did in the because as I was talking to Carrie the other day mm -hmm. says, I thought that in the Lord of the Rings he made the humans the heroes and in the Lord of the Rings the Hobbits are the heroes right. but mm. Peter Jackson didn't see that he saw Aragorn as the hero and um, and Frodo as just sort of like kind of baggage and we follow him because they're they're okay. I mean they, they have the ring but it's mostly about Aragorn and the humans and it's yeah. unfortunate well, I put but, that right on Philippa Bowens because she's so obsessed with the story of the Rangers and the because it's it's really the story. She the one of, of the screenwriters. Is it? She is the screenwriter. Oh, okay. Basically, right. she's she is the the Tolkien lore master, and she but has she probably had the hots for Aragorn. Oh, it's the heirs of Isildur. <laughs> she the, to yeah. her the whole story is about the fall of humanity through the heirs of Isildur. So when Isildur loses the One Ring, that's the story. And okay, then and, and that and that's a very academic kind of way to look at it yeah. because some people there are two. Th 
there are two trains of thought. Let's seriously, this is the great conversation I'm having the time. No, no, this is this is is a is that something the, the story is Return of the King is about Isildur and the and, and the Return of Aragorn. Right. I think the Return of the King is more about Samwise. I when Sam goes back to because the last line of the book yeah. is uh, he goes back to Rose and he goes, "Hey, I'm home." Right. And then he is the he is the king of uh, the Shire. And, he, is, uh, he is the king. He's the well, first sheriff. But well, yeah, to me, the Lord of the Rings, the last one is is about Samwise. I mean, well, he, but he that's, really that's that's where you get into Tolkien's yeah. whole belief that we. I feel we, like I'm in class. <laughs> we, this is we, awesome. At, at the dawn of the industrial era, or actually the zenith of the industrial era, we'd given up on on our own humanity. So what happens with Isildur is he gives into perfect corruption. He gives into perfect corruption instead of destroying the ring, which would have ended everything. It would have been done. He's like, well, I'll be the greatest king there ever was. I've got Milkor's ring. I can keep going. Um, so that keeps the cycle. Uh, humanity is flawed. Humanity is too caught up in its own hubris, its own ego. And so Aragorn, and that's kind of the story of Samwise. If he hadn't had the example of the hobbits, Aragorn could have very easily followed in the steps of Isildur. He could have said, I'm going to keep the ring. Kind right. of like, kind of like Boromir does. Um, so yeah, and Sam, Faramir does. And and yeah, it's just they're just more noble. Right. Just, and so Sam is the everyman. He is he is not a lord. He's not even a he's not even a mm-hmm. property man. He's he's just a dude. He's, a peasant. he's just a guy. He's yeah. a peasant. And that's kind of what Tolkien was hitting at is that there's the 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 nobility and the strength of the common man is going to trump any king, any lord, any master. And yeah. that's why Samwise is the ultimate hero, and and love triumphs at all. And uh, in the movie, I just kid. There were there were so many lingering shots of him and Frodo. I was like, just make out, yeah. <laughs> just kiss him, kiss, 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 kiss. Yeah. I'm listening to you two talk, and most of it's going over my head. But <laughs> I, you both seem like evangelists. <laughs> in a way of of it, like it, of Tolkien like to, like this is the Bible yeah. you know I, yeah. I mean well, you're, Tolkien's, you're, Tolkien's story is what made me a raging environmentalist you're, I mean you're learning from these books you're, sure. you're setting your moral compasses with these books and all everything all fantasy and all science yeah. fiction have an opportunity to do things that a lot of that, that other just plain literature Absolutely. Doesn't, doesn't get to do because you get to speculate right because mm-hmm. it's speculative fiction yeah just ask and, Tom Cruise <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> when, when he's off the couch when he's off the couch, <laughs> shoes off the couch. Uh, <laughs> Fuck <but> your couch. <laughs> but the yeah, and it's it's. I mean, more more moral compass can be gotten from those from from that literature than from other literature that's more didactic and more preachy. Because what you're doing is you're learning. You're learning. It's it's a, it's an it's an end around. You know, not a reach around. An end around <laughs> where you're just like oh okay, and but all just as satisfying. And uh, but the uh, um, the thing. <laughs> Uh, but there's a there's a, a science fiction writer right now that who started in the 80s and I love her work. It is a space opera though. I mean it's literally action packed. We're out in space, but there are three main worlds in this in this universe. There's a Beta Colony, which is like this progressive republic um, that has all the science and technology and is and is run for the greater good of everyone. There's Barriar, which is this militaristic paternalistic um, patriarchy. Mm-hmm. That um, that controls their people 
like is is just it's top heavy right it's got an emperor and then there's jackson's hole which is uh, thank you um, <laughs> it's all cleaned up just so you know uh, excellent which is just uh, plow the land <laughs> which is a a, a mercantile a capitalist laissez-faire uh, economy and it's uh, her name's uh, lois mcmaster bujold and she's a minneapolis uh, writer what are these books called uh they're the vorkosigan vorkosigan saga how have and, i never heard of these uh because because this is right up your alley i know right they are because it's literally space opera so if you look at the covers of them you're like because the first three books they're 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 short books because they were written in the early 80s before every book hello patrick rothfuss had has to be 500 pages long (laughs) Mm -hmm. everything everything got to be 220 everything got Mm -hmm. to be 320 max and so they're they're but it's called cordelia's honor is how it's packaged right now and it's got a picture of it's just it looks like a romance novel and you're like well i don't want to read that so fabio's on and right well there's no there's it's the lady but and luckily they don't cut off her eyes i don't know if you've seen that on romance novels it's just a shot of like her nose through to like her crotch and you're like that's a pretty dress anyway no brain no brain okay i'm moving and uh, i feel feel like in contemporary science fiction fantasy the only one that's actually keeping him even remotely short anymore is jim butcher you know oh right he's like oh we're gonna do our dresden file stories Mm -hmm. and uh, you know some of them been getting up five six hundred pages lately but the first three or four books coming to comic-con by the way yeah, and if i don't interview him i'll lose my mind <laughs> all right and i'll tell you something it, uh people suggested i read him and terry pratchett and it mm-hmm. took me six books a piece to and I, I like the commitment that i had that i was like no i don't like this give me another one <laughs> and uh so i just gotta be sure <laughs> just wanted to be certain but by like the fifth or sixth one in both cases i liked them and i thought jim butcher learned how to write like sadly i got to be there for him uh in those first yeah. three books where I was like, dude, that isn't really a full sentence. You really got to chop chop here. And then but by the fourth book, he was starting to tighten up and it was flowing better and it was just better. But the fifth, the I've read four, five and six were good. Actually, I really like those. Yeah. They were. And then he started, he started getting lazy again, I think in the teens, so the, the later books are starting to get kind of lazy, but it's, it's a, it's a fun world that he built. So yeah, I'm, I'm committed to that. Is, is sci-fi and fantasy a better place to raise your kids yes. than a church? Yes. Than a church. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can raise them in both, though. That's yeah. the thing. You can do both. I'm making you choose. I'm making you choose. Right? Uh, there, there, there is no either it's, or, Mr. Well, Jackson. <laughs> it would be easier for me to raise children in science fiction because then mm-hmm. you don't have to get up on Sundays. Boom. But uh, the, uh, but it's it's like I I have most of my friends because I'm in my late 40s. They have children. They raise their kids with board games mm-hmm. and and science fiction and all this nerd culture, you know. And it's really great. I mean, I remember one of our one of our friends has got a little boy and when he was about five years old he was they're board game fanatics these people and my husband's a game designer and so he knows 40 people that want to play board games every hour of every day so uh, we were over there and I was like I'll play with Bernard and Bernard and I played Candyland and his mom came over and said how's it going and I said well he's he's winning he's doing really good and I'm not I'm not you know mm-hmm. letting him win or anything or, or <laughs> cheating or, or destroying him <laughs> any of the I mean because can, the entire purpose of Candyland is to teach you how to play a board game right because yep. yeah, it just teaches right. you the rules and um but his mom said the best thing she said oh my gosh please don't let him win he's going to be playing video games I mean, he's going to be playing games for the next 70 years he has to learn yep. lower the stakes <laughs> it's a board game who cares if he wins and uh, i was like oh fair enough um, bam no and, no, and then he won down. <laughs> no and i agree well because we're raising okay Go ahead. i'm having experience right now because you know i'm my roommate is my 23-year-old son. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm just really noticing something about most of the 20-somethings. Yes? They expect too much. Really? Right. They, they're like... To be fair, we did too. Yeah, but I had a job. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, I got my first job when I was 16. Yeah, me too. And I've been unemployed, I think, 30 days. Yeah. Right? Since I was... Some people say it's because of the 90s. Everybody got trophies and awards for nothing. And I agree. That's that's what I mean. I I remember being kind of one of the last generations of, you know, losing games and losing. stuff. not everybody gets a fucking turn at bat and everybody gets pizza at the end of it. You know, you lost, you went home. We are are very perilously close to kids these days territory. You what? (laughs) We are very perilously close to kids these days territory. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. I I, I refer to what you're talking about as T-ball nation. That's, you know. Yeah. It's a lot. I mean, yeah, playing baseball for real in in the league when I was a kid traumatized me for life, but it worked in my favor in the end. You know, well, <laughs> Tina Fey had the greatest. She said, "You know, it's, people are always telling their children that they're the most important things in the world." She's like, "That is the wrong thing to tell your child mm-hmm. because they already believe that." <laughs> right. So the best thing to do is tell them that they do not matter and that they. I mean, there has to be something in the middle, right? Where you, the kid has some sense of empathy. Like I keep meeting twenty-three-year-olds who don't have a lot of empathy. No, they, right. well, it's, and it's hard to have empathy when you live in a completely anonymous society. And that's the thing I've noticed, too. Like, the social skills? Mm-hmm. The hell? It's just... <laughs> well, I don't know. I, They're I, good on Xbox. They can, I've, they I've can got, talk I've some got, shit on Xbox. I've got two really social kids. I mean, you. but it depends on the environment, too. You walk into my restaurant, and both of my kids will engage with you. My daughter will mm-hmm. joke with you. It's it's part of her thing. Do they work at your restaurant? Yeah. Oh, well, then to. they have jobs. And which They've is had jobs. My daughter's had a job since she was seven. Yeah. So and, you, that's, and that's kind of what she's saying. She's actually looking forward to filling out her first resume and saying, yeah, I've got seven years of, re- of waitressing experience. And they're going to be like, you're 14. 16. <laughs> yeah. But my where parents it comes were mean. to raising your children with science fiction and fantasy is I remember explaining anger to my son when he was seven because he, he punched a hole in the wall when he was seven. He was so pissed off at something mm-hmm. and he was he was pissed off at some sort of injustice, which I'm very proud of. Mm-hmm. Love that. And I said, what are you right now? I'm angry. What is anger? Well, it's it's anger. What does anger lead to? And he looked at me and he thought for a minute and he said, well, that leads to the dark side. <laughs> and I said, what is what is the dark side, son? And he said, it's it's easier, isn't it? And I was like, yes, you just destroyed the wall. So come with me. We're going to go to the store. <laughs> we bought some plaster. We bought a patch kit. We fixed the wall. So this takes a hell of a lot longer than punching the wall did, didn't mm-hmm. it? Which is more satisfying. Well, I don't like patching the wall. It's like, did you like punching the wall? Well, no, that hurt. So not punching the wall at all is probably the right way to go. That is the light side. Do you That's have another Jesus. story where fear is the mind killer? <laughs> and it's all about spice. <laughs> and, this is, and this is why Lee is the spiritual advisor of the podcast. Well, because it, it all comes around. I mean, all these things. I remember when, when Max was about 14 and he read the Bushido code and he was like, this is this is the Jedi code. And I was like, yeah, no shit, kid. It is. <laughs> this, is this is ancient Lucas, wisdom. Yeah, Lucas, as turns out, has hacked everything. Well, there was good, a movie called The Vikings and I was like, shot for shot? The, yeah. the, the, the fight between 
between um, Luke and, and Darth Vader. Really? Is, yeah, shot for shot. The Vikings, by the way, a very mediocre but very historically accurate uh, movie about the Vikings. We look at, you look at from Kur- the fifties. You look at Kurosawa's Hidden Fortress. Hidden Fortress. There's, yeah. a, there's a short one? fat guy and a tall skinny guy, and they're running around bickering the entire time, and they're they're <laughs> the narration between all the battles. <laughs> yep. And uh, but he he also he also fesses up to that. He's like, yeah, of course that's Hidden See, Fortress. I've, I I never care if a filmmaker does that as long as they acknowledge where oh, they he, found their yeah. source. You know, because that's what he's, he's flat out said. I wear my I wear my inspiration on my sure. sleeves. Um, but like no, Tarantino. But see, Tarantino he got busted for it for many times. People caught him on this shit, and he, they're like, "You stole it from a fucking Asian film like right. that." And he's like, "No, I made it myself." They're like, "No, you didn't." You know. And there was actually a documentary. I, I it's funny. I swear, I swear it's God. It's like the Donkey Show in Tijuana. You, you think you see a sign and then it's gone forever. You never see it again. <laughs> there was a documentary called "Who Do You Think You're Kidding?" and it had a picture of Tarantino with a gun to his head like that. And it was the whole thing was about we're going to show you every fucking scene he's ever shot and here's every single thing that that he took right. it from and it was a bootleg documentary it was never you know officially released and I can never find it again knowing this doesn't make me love him less though no he's well, an amazing filmmaker yeah. which is acknowledge where you get your fucking inspiration Pat, Pat yeah. Oswald has a great bit on this where he talks about how uh, he did a Hot Pockets routine on one of his on, on his first recording his first yeah. professional <laughs> recording he did a whole po- Hot Pockets thing and then afterwards one of the Gaffigan. guys he was touring, Gaffigan, yeah. one of the guys he's touring with comes up to him and goes Gaffigan did that routine and he's like he did I've never heard Gaffigan do that routine he's like no he didn't he killed it it's, an, it's amazing it's, and so mm-hmm. he listens back to it and he's like oh shit I was influenced by this I was yeah. I was subconsciously influenced by this didn't even realize that I was cribbing off of it and it, it and so which is why I never watched stand up when I was I, yeah. when I started doing stand up I, I first of all I, I'm self absorbed I don't want to listen to a lot of stand up but mm-hmm. uh, and I see so much stand up in life that I don't need to go right. back and and so like I never really like I listened to one Lenny Bruce Bruce album, but mm-hmm. when the first time I saw Richard Pryor, which was not long ago, uh, probably really? five years ago, yeah, and wow. I was like, "Well, this has been hacked to death." To death, yeah. yes. This is—I have heard every single one of these premises from yeah. some young black comic who was like, "Oh, I had the same experience," and here's uh, ready-made punchlines. Yeah. So, uh, but and it's unfortunate, but it's—but I think that that's the, that that's the great danger. I know that Robin Williams uh, was accused of that and then had to stop watching stand-up because yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah, well, you and, have to and be super well, self-aware. Of, he, he wasn't consciously stealing, though. He no, even, no. even admitted it that that he yeah, just, much like Patton was just yeah. exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, one of the greatest uh, scenes on television in recent years was the one between Louis C.K. and Dane Cook. Oh. Yep. And, really? and it was almost the exact same argument. He's like, I don't think you stole it on purpose. I think you're just this machine that has so much going in your head that it just kind of yeah. came out like that. And then, and you know, he's like, do you, what, it was a, the itchy asshole joke. Mm-hmm. And he's like, do you think you're the only other person who's ever had an itchy asshole? He's R- like, yeah, no, but like, you know, it's almost verbatim what, what I said, you know, like <laughs> yeah. that. And so it was just, but, but I still like, even I credit Dan Cook as much as like, you know, I think Louis C.K. is a genius. I think there's things that Dan Cook has done that's been great, but I have to applaud him for going on that show. I mean, that, had, that took balls. And to that's, go, but to, that's, that's the key to all of it. Yeah. Go ahead and fuck up. If you crib somebody else's material or you, you shot something, yeah, and and if you don't realize that you did it, okay. But then maybe listen to the people that are saying, you know what, dude, you kind of did mm-hmm. this thing, yeah, and then say, oh, holy shit, I did, yeah. yeah. And well, it's, it's, thank it's, you so much for the inspiration. <laughs> Cosby finally admitted that he stole a bit from Carlin. It was just a few years ago, and it was the uh, the football uh, razor I, I, commercial. I would not bit. have gone there. With the I was gonna fi- say, Cosby finally admitted. I was going to say that's, that's the only thing he's admitting. <laughs> I was like, well, breaking news. I was just going to close what? with, but he's not admitting to everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the weird thing is, is I was doing a. Um, I have this bit from 
I guess it would be 2008 now, and mm-hmm. it there's it's a bit about uh, animals and crazy people in Los Angeles, and uh, and the and a cat uh, diabetic cat medicine for three thousand dollars, and mm-hmm. then the punchline was is that uh, you get three thousand for three thousand dollars, you can have three thousand new cats, right? <laughs> Which here's the thing, that's not the great. It's a funny joke, but it's not. Tom Papa came up with the ex- like verbatim, and I had I went up before him at the improv probably four years ago. Uh, had a good set, got off, did that joke, got off maybe longer, but mm-hmm. uh, he went up about three comics later, had not seen my set, and did that just that joke, that which joke. is part of a larger bit that I do. And to dead silence, he destroyed the rest of his set, but that to dead silence because the audience was like, "What just happened?" Right. So he gets off <laughs> he gets off stage, and I said, 3,000 new cats." I just did it to uh, comics earlier and he goes wait we just paid three thousand dollars for diabetic cat medicine for our cat and i said yeah i did it three years ago it was uh so uh i'm so sorry <laughs> so there is parallel thought obviously oh, yeah. and and sure. you, everyone makes fun of pet people you know i mean and um but it's interesting to get in on the ground floor of like one of those topics one of those sort of like um something everybody ends up doing bits about in 2003 I had a bit about and that was a couple of years old because I did it in my half hour special on Comedy Central about war reenactment guys and um, and it was the first bit about war reenactment guys that I heard that I, I had not heard it prior to that and then the, I was so glad it got recorded because four years later everybody was doing war reenactment slams and then the other thing was is I was the one of the <laughs> I'm great is what I guess I'm saying, <laughs> gentlemen. And, uh, well, I was on the, it was, but it's interesting to get like, to talk about a topic before everybody else does. Mm-hmm. Cause there's like a, a, a I, f- I forget the term where everybody, it's sort of milling around in the back of everybody's mind. And then all of a sudden everybody starts writing bits about it. Hmm. All right. Well, we, well, we have a, I remember you calling me one day and telling me not to turn the Simpsons on. Oh, because I'd gone on this whole tirade for about a month about musical planet of the apes. Yeah. And then oh. Carrie calls me up and he's like, do well, not turn on the Simpsons. Do not turn on the Simpsons. We workshopped it on a road trip oh, to yeah. Southern California, yeah, we were, I remember. We were giggling We had this musical for classic Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Turn on the Simpsons. There it is. Yeah. Dana Gould. That's Dana what Gould. He, that's what he used. To, uh, and, no. and, it, and it was flawless. And it was clearly better than what we'd come up yes. with. Well, so. he had a room full of writers and Dana <laughs> yeah, Gould. We just, Dana we just Gould. had two idiots in a Jeep. <laughs> Dana's, yeah. Dana's, exactly. Dana's a genius. Yes, he is. Are we going to take a break? After these messages, we'll be right back. If you go down in the woods today, you're sure of a big surprise. Cabin Fever has been addressing irritability and restlessness for over 30 years. New this season, some people call it a legend, a tale, a campfire story, and for some, it's real, and quite possibly in your own backyard. Whether you call him Sasquatch, Bigfoot, Yeti, or Cryptid Ape, stop by Cabin Fever for a wonderful selection of Bigfoot merchandise. Prepare yourself for a Uinta Mountain adventure with Bigfoot journals and research kits. Sit back with a Sasquatch coffee mug, or for those 21 and older, a certified Bigfoot tiki mug for a tropical yet foresty drink while you watch YouTube's most recent Utah sighting video taken just last month. It's there. Oh, and as for Star Trek, Star Wars, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Spider-Man, Doctor Who, Alien, Predator, Camper Van, Tents by Volkswagen, Magnix, Cards, Gifts, Toys, Music, they got that too. 
from meek to geek to freak and big feet. Ah, sorry. They've got you covered at Cabin Fever, located in the heart of Trolley Square at the corner of 600 South and 7th East. If you go down to the woods today, be prepared. Dr. Volt's Comic Connection for April. Let's see what the friendly comic book store in Salt Lake City has in store for us for the month of April. Looks like DC Comics returns to their original timelines for a two-month event called Convergence. Marvel is offering up reprints of their fantastic first issues. Now, this is a great uh, way to read the rare and uh, you know ordinarily expensive first issues for only a dollar. So I suggest that you pick them up read them, and then pass pass them along to somebody that you know. Also, Archie, yes, that Archie from Riverdale, has been menaced over the years by zombies, witches, and the Punisher. He now faces the Predator. Yes, the Predator, the one with braids. Get to the chopper, that Predator. How will Archie survive when the extraterrestrial menace stalks Riverdale? Well, you'll have to pick it up and find out. Also, Disney is back with new number ones and new adventures featuring Uncle Scrooge, Mickey Mouse, and all of your favorite characters. Again, pick these up and pass them along to somebody. Uh, you can get a hold, which is known as a pull throughout the rest of the nation, and get a 10% discount off purchases over 20 bucks. They also offer the monthly previews catalog that comes free with the holds. 2043 East, 3300 South. They're open seven days a week. We'll see you next Wednesday at Dr. Volt's Comic Connection. Hey, Geek Show, Lee here. I'd like to invite you to Frisch Compassion Eatery, my tasty little corner of Salt Lake City. At Frisch, we focus on plant-based cuisine, but that doesn't mean you're getting a sawdust platter with a side of dehydrated kale flakes for lunch. Our passion is full-flavored dishes like our signature Fancy Boy Wrap, eggless egg salad, and the all-new Full Whitaker Nachos. We have a lot of fantastic heart-healthy salads, soups, and entrees that will fill you up without emptying out your wallet. Also, check out our full-service vegan coffee bar and our pastry case full of incredible goodies from Cakewalk Vegan Bakery. And you never know, I just might have the latest scoop on your favorite geek stuff. That's Frisch Compassion Eatery, 145 East, 1300 South, Suite 201 in Salt Lake City. We're open Monday through Saturday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. You can also call ahead for takeout at 801-906-8277. Get all that info at frischeats.com. And thanks, Geek Show, for helping make Frisch such an awesome reality. And we're back. Woo! Yay! Not in the basement. Still here with uh, Jackie Cation. I'm having me. fun. You having I fun? I wish Jackie yeah. could be on forever. Uh, forever. If you haven't seen Jackie perform, you really, really should. I am amazing. She is amazing. <laughs> you got to get out there. I, I just what love she's, I love she's so humble. It's a attainable like goal, by the way, to see me. I have a well-kept secret in show business. <laughs> so uh, cheap tickets, knock yourself out. <laughs> you, could, you could even just go to Pandora and plug my name in and it'll all work out. And it sounds like if you meet her after the show, she'd love to talk Lord of the Rings with you, I think. Uh, some guy had, had, had board games in his trunk. He was like, do you want to play a board game now? And I was like, no. Don't do that. I don't. That's stranger but danger right there. It was a little stranger danger, but it, stranger he was a nice guy. He was in Austin, Texas. And uh, <laughs> I was like, if it wasn't, you know, 1230 at night, I might. But Wait, uh, wait was it Andy Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Was. Jackie, was he like, no, just reach farther back in the trunk. I promise. No, no, it's, it's back it's, there. It's, it's, deeper, deeper, <laughs> deeper. Seriously, it's if you keep, keep going, you're going to find the pop bubble. <laughs> keep going, I'm going to find the bag of lime that will be used to dispose of my body. <laughs> it's under all the, back, all the rope. <laughs> Oh no! Just I'm put that sorry. shovel aside. Now you're playing. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs>
David Cross did a documentary about doing stand-up comedy. Uh, Thank he, God. Yeah. Thank God someone's doing a documentary about stand-up comedy. <laughs> it was, oh my it God, it was, so many documentaries. It was Let, America, it was Let America Laugh, and it was about him touring. And you, didn't, you didn't really... Oh, he didn't do it about other people touring? No, he did Good it about him, him. David Cross. <laughs> and Speaking you, of ego. And you didn't see a lot of his stand-up. Okay, that's too bad. It was mostly just what a pain in the ass it is touring. Oh, and it made me say to every stand-up comedian I meet, you have a very difficult job. Interesting. Um, what was his experience? I mean, he doesn't sit in the hotel room and watch NCIS marathons? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> he does, but I don't think he enjoys it. I think a lot maybe of it was like... Maybe that's the key. I saw that documentary, I think, years ago. And, yeah. But it, it was more like him dealing with, you know, club owners. Club owners, oh, stuff hecklers. like that. You know, just, you know... It is exhausting. The I sign's mean, wrong kind of thing, like, what the fuck? They're... they're you know what? There's a when you do the road as much as as he does, and as as much as I do right now, is you get a. Do your guys ever read the Accidental Tourist? Mm-hmm. You, there are things that you want, and they're minutia that make your day better. Like when you check into a hotel, I'm like, "Is there a bathtub in my hotel room?" They're like, "No, there's only a shower." And I was like, "Me and the Japanese have to bathe." Uh, <laughs> and Jimmy, find, so do um, I. And you, yeah. I got It's the only time I chill out. I fucking hate showers. I hate showers. I want to just chill out in a bath. And then uh, it's all good. And uh, so, and do not tell me I'm sitting in my own dirt for the last time. <laughs> don't care. Shut it. I don't care. I don't give a shit. Anyway, well, well, so. Dirt settles to the bottom anyway. And and plus, jitterbug perfume. It's a great way to stay young forever. Oh, I don't nice. know if you guys ever read Tom Robbins. I, I love that you just referenced jitterbug perfume. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But, I mean, if you guys weren't already married, well, I know. I'm just saying, of all the Tom Robbins books, it's jitterbug You can sit and talk about the rings. And, yeah. I'm, awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strangers on a train vibe here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Strangers on a podcast. <laughs> but the, yeah, the road is very difficult when, and I talk about it with one of my best friends is Maria Bamford, another comic. Oh, and, she's uh, great. And she's amazing. And, but uh, she's the best, quite honestly. And, but when you travel and you don't get the thing you wanted and you're like, I am going to freaking have the giantest tantr- temper tantrum in the world. Like when I, and I'm like, oh, things are off by four minutes? Well, this is not what I was looking for in a career. Uh, calm down. Calm down. And, and you got to remind yourself that you get to do stand-up comedy, which is for a living. I get to do it for a living. It's not a lot of people get to do what they love to do for a living. And so that's what I spend my time. It's Reminding like yourself. Yeah. Well, one of my joys of owning a restaurant is is riffing on Maria Bamford's Paula Deen impersonation while we're cooking. Margarine. <laughs> Her, her, her stand-up show in her mom and dad's living room yeah. is probably my favorite stand-up ever. Oh, my God. And it's just <laughs> genius. And it's, you know, she'll tell you that she did it out of laziness. She was like, no, yeah. you guys come to my house. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be fine. And then when the shoot went on for like 10, 12 hours, she was like, well, this wasn't what I, I was just hoping. <laughs> What's happening? Are we still? I, couldn't I just get up and do my <laughs> thing? The part and... was killing me. She's doing jokes about her mom and dad, and she can hear her dad just dying in the background. <laughs> Right, her parents are the most supportive parents in yeah. the world, yeah. and uh, I, her parents are so funny because when I I met her in '92, right? We've been friends uh, since '92, and uh, her parents, like in like '94, '95, we both did a, a weird road gig up in near Duluth, um, and her parents came, and it, Maria calls me. She's like, "My parents love your dick joke about uh, barefoot and erect. They love that joke," <laughs> and I was like, 
Wow. All right. They seem like the whitest, most biggest Lutherans in the world. And They're just these two just, just average late middle-aged people my favorite, at dick jokes. The, my favorite joke of hers is that she never does anymore. And I don't know if they were offended by it or what, but she did it on Tough Crowd, I think, on Comedy Central. I love that show. And she was Thank talking you. about how she never knew her parents were gay until she saw them in matching sweatsuits. <laughs> <laughs> and they were going on a cruise. And she was like, you guys are so gay. And they're like, what are you talking about? And That's brilliant. <laughs> I have like such a... <laughs> I have such respect for uh, people that do comedy. Oh yeah, like, I, I, yeah. Like and just the art I'm form listening. in general. No, I, no. I, but seriously, you, like since I was a kid, um, God. Who do you like? Who do you like? Do you know Stuart Lee? Do you know him? No. He's British. He's British. He's he's the greatest. And uh, last couple of years, I hear that he's that everybody has a lull. Even Carlin had a lull. You guys, and mm-hmm. I don't know no. that Stuart Lee has one. But one, some of my favorite stand-up comedy is Stuart Lee. It's super smart, and it's sort of like if Andy Kindler and uh, Bill Hicks were mashed up. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it'd be an ama- it's an amazing Stuart Lee. Uh, Stuart with a W. Lee L E E. He is not Asian. Right. Well, so like when I was a kid. And this is what's breaking my heart about this Bill Cosby thing. Okay? Yeah. Right. Is, yeah, we talked um, about this. Right. It's like I I wore out those records. Yeah. Oh, the dentist routine. Yeah. Right. The, you know. Uh, chicken heart. Chicken I mean, heart. You can name them. I uh, hope I've used five. Who put the bullet in the furnace? Right? <laughs> I love and Noah I, with the power oh, of the Oh, God. Sun, Noah. Man. Yeah. Like one of my favorite bits of all time. Yeah. Right? But like when I was a kid, we, like we got cable like yeah. really early. And um, I would stay up and I'd watch Carlin. Right. Yeah. And one of my favorite memories was me going to Mr. Draper, my sixth grade teacher. Mm-hmm. Guy was so fucking cool. <laughs> For show and tell, I was like, can I, can I do the news that I saw that George Carlin got, can yeah. I, do, I was like, can I do George Carlin for show and tell? And, and he was like, what? Right? <laughs> right. Well, a sixth grader going, can I do George Carlin? Yeah. I was like, he did this, the news thing, right? Yeah. And um, he's like, I, is there any cursing? Well, he's like, he's piece? like, he goes, oh yeah. Oh, okay. I, he was like, I, I don't, I don't know, Shannon. I was like, I won't say any of the swears. <laughs> oh yeah, as long as you don't say any of the swears, right. you're good. So he let me, right? Oh, good. And, for, and for show and tell, like one Friday, I came in, I wore a little suit, <laughs> nice, and uh, set up my little uh, um, news desk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Called myself Patrick Coleslaw. Remember, yeah. Patrick. Greenlaw was one of ours. Patrick Greenlaw was a local news yeah, guy. Yeah, and he let me do it, right? And the only one I remember that I said was, um, a man attempting to walk around the world drowned today. <laughs> right? It was just so stupid. But like... I've never heard that joke. That uh, made me laugh against my will. <laughs> but it's like, so... Like, conversationally, I'm funny. And I think I'm reasonably funny on the show. Right? But people all the time is like, well, why don't you do stand-up? I'm like, because it's Cause it looks fucking, fucking hard, hard, man. Right? Yeah. And it's like, it's not like, okay, sure, I can sit there and have a conversation with you and make you laugh. Yeah. But, like, doing what you do and what Jay does, right? Hopping up on stage and just talking mm. and, like, having a organized... A plan. Plan, right? It, Please, it, it's, for the love of the baby Jesus, have right. a plan. And it's like, you just don't... Like, the funniest motherfucker you know <clears throat> could not hop up on stage no. and just go... And just do a thing. And do stand-up, Start riffing. Right? No. It's not the same thing. No. 
It isn't the same. But everything, but the same is true about improv. You know, like yeah. I've tried to do improv before. Yeah. Turns out that is also a learned skill. Because I was just, well, you can't just <laughs> jump up on. Because I was just going to bring up Greg Proops. Yeah, Proops. Who is oh, just, God, yeah, just brilliant at that. It's yeah. a treat. Yeah. <laughs> well, I used to watch back in the day when Comedy Central used to play the British version of Whose Line Is It Anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah. I used to watch that daily, and then, uh, and actually, when you and I were talking in the car on the way over here, uh, Jackie, uh, I went to Montreal randomly one time, and uh, like you do, well, just, you know, fly up there. We were actually going to go to Ireland, but I guess it was all that. Uh, was it the um? Oh, was it crimes? Tyre? Yeah, it was. You know, they were killing Catholics yeah. left and right. All the well, troubles, the troubles, yeah. all the troubles. <laughs> and so my friend's super Catholic. His mom's like, "You're not going to Ireland. There's not a fucking <laughs> chance." Like that. So we decided to go to Montreal. Got there, and all of a sudden the, and they were killing Catholics in Montreal. Oh, right? No, but the hotel guy is like, "Oh, are you here for just for laughs?" And I was like, no, but I'm fucking <laughs> but going me, now, you know? Yeah. So I saw, like, we went to, like, Scott Thompson's one-man show, like, when he was when he was acting oh, like geez. he wasn't gay and stuff, and it was really <laughs> funny. But speaking of improv, we went, was, there was, like, you know, some improv team comedy show. I'm like, oh, I fucking love improv. Like, this will be fantastic. No. 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 Right? No. no, it's it's very <laughs> like, different. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's it, the thing. It's I got I got a love-hate with improv. You yeah. see a lot of shitty improv, and then when you see the good stuff, you're like, that's your genius. Yeah. And you I know? had never seen good improv. <laughs> Until I moved to Los Angeles exactly. and I saw Matt Besser and Sean Conroy. UCB. Uh, yeah, at UCB. And it was so effortless. Matt was, Besser is just amazing. 20 years of doing it will make a different kind of improv experience. And the <laughs> fact that, you know, when when and I took the classes, I was I was like, oh, I'm going to learn how to do this. But it, it was like what we were talking about with dealing with hecklers yeah. is that you're the fastest thing you do when you are an improv is you go for the lowest common denominator. You're just looking for a reaction. Mm-hmm. And when you first start doing stand-up, that's what you're going for is why you see people who are really new doing stand-up comedy say horrible things <laughs> that aren't funny and often do not have a punchline mm-hmm. it's because they're just trying to get a reaction first couple of years that's your whole thing and it's shock jockey yeah. and uh, and that's what improv was initially so I saw Matt Besser and Sean Conroy even they were given the same shitty uh, things that everyone's given Elvis proctology you know everybody comes up with the same stuff and what they did was they did what really great comics do where they take from their personal history they weren't nervous at all mm-hmm. about what they were going to say because they knew that they weren't gonna just start shouting racial epithets yeah. or i mean it's just training it's like they, they 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 take their gut instinct when they get a topic the first two ideas and toss them aside and go with the third and work on that rather yeah. than go with the obvious go with something a little deeper it was neat you. yeah i'll and tell you what i oh sorry sam go ahead okay. Uh, one of the things I love about improv, though, is uh, is what it can do for you if you start actually doing improv. Like if you start, in, you mean your personal life? Yeah. Oh, we're getting I, spiritual. I, again I have here. I have okay. a, I have an employee. All right. Who started? Oh, it could save your life. Started yeah. doing improv, and let's just say the change in her ability as an employee in a restaurant. The way it was she yes deals, and mm-hmm. no, the she way did. she deals with customers. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it's far more off the cuff and natural and at times really funny and her customers freaking love her because of that change and just just the way she deals with people in general. And, this, and for for a young woman in her 20s, early 20s to just go, "You know what? I'm going to take on improv. I'm going to learn how to do this stuff." I don't know if she's any good at it or not because as a professional courtesy, I will not go see her shows. Um, <laughs> but just just seeing the difference that is made in 
her confidence and her ability to deal with people is fantastic. Yeah, that's one thing. And then the other thing is the first rule of of improv is to not deny. Yeah. And so, especially as an employee, you want them to say, "I'll get yes, let's try that." You mm-hmm. know, you want them to be more willing to try things and to be more willing to. And it's it. I think yeah, I think everyone should take improv just because it it can do so much for your well, social. And it takes skills. you so far out of your comfort zone too. Yeah. And that's I had to do I had to do an improv thing for radio 10 years ago and and it was the last thing i wanted to do because it was outside of the booth it wasn't where i wanted to be and it's I didn't so much be. better than toastmasters <laughs> <laughs> and no i have a friend who did toastmasters and he's too yeah and he said the entire purpose of toastmasters is to remind you how scary it is to speak in front of people right. <laughs> and you're like that's not good and that's not what the yeah. UC, that's not like something like the ucb would teach you at all at all because he, he was like i wasn't even afraid of speaking in front of people until toastmasters kept drilling it into me how scary it is and then i'm like stop saying that and mm-hmm. so he stopped going to toastmasters uh, well, I, I, I'm fascinated by the uh, Upright Citizens Brigade. This some, I first encountered them with the sketch comedy show. Okay. And, uh, oh, the that, little Donnie. Donnie. Little Donnie. <laughs> they, uh, they took a dick joke for a half hour and made it classy. <laughs> I know. Hard to believe. Uh, but uh, then I started investigating that, and, and I fell in love with Amy Poehler then. And, uh, and now I just read her book recently where she talks about how important that background was for her. Right. And how Matt Besser and Ian Roberts and those guys, they're all geniuses. Right. You learn an awful lot from Read the book. Did you? Did I skipped you, the stuff about Fey? having babies. and the, Yeah, I read the Tina Fey book, too. Because she talks about improv, too. And she's like, mm-hmm. that she, she says, improv is a cult. And... Uh, uh, she's like, I'm not even kidding because, but what's your cult done for you recently? Because my cult got me the best friends I've ever had. It taught me self-confidence and it taught me how to interact with the humanity. It made me a millionaire. Right? <laughs> well, and, and, but it's not going to make everybody a millionaire. Right. No. Yeah. So, I mean, anybody who goes into stand up or improv to be for money has lost their tiny lizard mind. Mm-hmm. There's anytime, no, just like podcasting. You, if you're going to yes. podcasting or um, teaching. <laughs> or say owning a fucking vegan restaurant. You're not going to get rich. <laughs> if, if you go into if you go into it for money, though, you're in it for the wrong there's reason. What, there's two successful people, three successful people in this room. What are we? The fuck are we doing here? I don't know. I don't know. No, it's but that's the thing. Though, is if, you, if you go in, money. yeah, if you go into it for money, you're in it for the wrong reasons. Right. Well, you could go into money. Side effect of money. it. <laughs> That might be the end result. You may make money from it in the future, but yes. do it because you fucking love it. Yeah. And it'll be fun. Kat and I had that discussion a long time ago. We were like, no, do we want to do careers that are going to make us money or do we we want to be happy and and love what we do when we walk out the door and not be pissed off when we come back at 5 p.m. kind of thing, you know? And we're doing just fine. And you're doing just fine financially as well as emotionally. Yeah. Right. Well, I made my career decision when I was 16 and have been doing it pretty much since then. My motivation wasn't money, but uh, I wanted to meet girls. And (laughs) so. You know, I honestly don't think I've made my career decision. What was your career decision at 16? This radio. And it, this is how you met girls. Yeah. Well, on radio. You realize oh. I am the only woman that has. Okay. <laughs> I don't see oh. a lot of girls. Um, I hope it worked out. Oh, this he, is this is the weekend game. Okay. Right. Yeah. Oh, he's met a lot of girls. I've met a few. Yeah. All right. Fair yeah. enough. All right. I just wanted to see movies for free. That's all I, I wanted. I, all I know is is the two jobs that I've had that I've made the most money. I was I was a pit manager. In a casino, mm-hmm. and I was making a lot of money doing that. I uh, walked away from that to do radio. You weren't happy. Yeah. Well, I was not happy. I was miserable, and I had an opening. They were like, "Hey, come do mornings." I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm done." See, ya. I didn't even give notice. I just walked into the casino. I said, "I got a morning gig. See you guys. Fuck off." <laughs> you could have called. And, uh, 
I was a bank manager. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was I was a I was a bank manager just four years ago. I was managing a bank, making insane money, and uh, I was like, "You hated yeah. it." Oh yeah, yeah I did hate it. it. I hated it. I, I took every dime I had in retirement and put it into that restaurant. Really happy now. Not necessarily. I, I always I always tell people Lee is one of the biggest risk takers I know. Opening opening a vegan restaurant in in Utah. You know? <laughs> well, this is what I love about Lee. This is what I love about Lee. He don't give a shit. No, right? He like he makes a decision. He's like, I'm fucking vegan now. I'm vegan as shit. Right? <laughs> well, I'll. Tell I didn't you, want to see that shirt. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you when I. I'll tell you when I. I'll tell you when I do give a shit. Eleven o'clock at night after I put the kids to bed and they're sitting going, what the fuck am I doing? Right. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy's right. We need that shirt. I'm vegan, I'm not as, vegan shit. as shit. I'll just uh, get no, a hold of the Thug Kitchen guys. Oh, oh, you know what? Chili's just took it. Sorry, I can't. can't oh, do it. <laughs> well, let's let's. I'm, well, I'm, I'm, at really, I'm really at a really weird place, like professionally right now, because uh-huh. I love most of my job. Like I, I love kids. Shannon's a school teacher. Just right, right. Yeah. At the seven at the seven eleven. That's uh, been that's uh, been established. Uh, I love these kids work. and like. No. One of my most favorite things is like, God, I am teaching little humans little stuff human. that they they don't know mm-hmm. until it comes out of my mouth <laughs> or I show it to them. They're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> right. They're like, whoa. Right. And yeah, it's I like, never made a career decision. I started doing stand up when I was 19 and I've yeah. done and I wanted to do nothing else. It was like heroin. Mm-hmm. So I have no interest. I, I didn't pick. I didn't make a conscious decision right. for money or for any reason except for to because I couldn't not do it. The only reason I finished college is because my sister is the boss of me. And well, well, I'm, like, I'm in gonna... this weird place though because like yesterday on Facebook somebody put a thing that was like, um, "How much people make that are middle class, mm-hmm. state by state?" Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and I looked at that it. Are and I was considered like, middle class? Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, I want to see that." Which is a whole other right? story. <laughs> but I was just like. Shit. <laughs> what? I'm not even middle class. No, right? no one is. No, no one's middle right. class. And um, but then I'm like, th- there's lots of stuff going on politically with the teaching profession right now, mm-hmm. and I hate it. I hate really, t- you don't like what Scott Walker's doing? No, I don't like any. Like I seriously, guys, I make ten year olds sit and take standardized a, standardized test for four hours a day sometimes. And there's they no there, reason. There's yeah. no reason for it. I have been to college and I never sat and take a, took a four hour test. If somebody was like, hey, you need to take a four hour test. I'd I don't be think like, the fucking SAT I'd be like, is I'd be like, four hours right. I'd be like, yeah, I think I, t- right? yeah, I, 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 I think I'd it's a four hour Fuck you. Yeah. That sounds awful. Right. But and a 10 year old, a 10 year old yeah. who is already jumped up on taquitos and, and, and strips. Uh, of candy? It's actually uh, talkies, talkies and hot Cheetos. Um, <laughs> that's contraband at my school. Oh, is What's it? talkies? Yeah, what uh, are those? Talkies are like little rolled up corn chips. Oh, I've seen those. Oh, I thought yeah. you were talking about movies. They're super hot. Yeah. The talkies. No. The talkies? <laughs> They're corn chips in a roll? Like like, like sort of like... like, um, like they, like, they look like, like little taquitos. Oh, like, They're just like, but, like, pring, but Pringles? <laughs> like Pringles, but stacked and tiny? No, no. They're like in a bag. In a bag and they're like rolled up like a taquito. Okay. Yeah. And but it's just fried. a chip. It's, it's just a chip. The chip. It's just a corn chip that's rolled up. I, yeah. actually, like a Frito, but tighter. But they're like, like a tighter. Dorito that's you rolled up. You just described okay. my ex-wife. Yeah. Stacked but tiny. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm at this weird place where I'm like, I hate what I'm being forced to do to kids. And I hate the way that my profession is talked about. Well, that's like, that's why I want to end intruded. on end on this note. We're making this a companion piece to our other motivational episode. Have a nemesis, right? <laughs> um, and and it's the, the the line from Tina Fey. What has your cult done for you? Right. 
Well, if it has not done for you, time to leave the cult. The, the best analogy here that Jackie just gave us is mm-hmm. is that you did stand up and it was like heroin. Yeah. You're doing what you love. It is like heroin. You're going to chase that fucker at the end of the line and you're going to keep following it no matter what. Well, I'll tell you, I was going to leave my school Mm -hmm. and I was actually thinking about leaving the profession entirely. Well, there has to be something else you can do that is in that profession. Yeah. Because, and that's what I'm looking at. Like, like I have a, I have a plan now. Well, because uh, it's really hard. Like, I, I meet comics who are like, well, I could never do anything else for a living. And I was like, why, dear, your thumbs broke? Yeah. You, exactly. you can't answer yeah, yeah. phones? Sure you could. Can't dig a ditch. Yeah, you, you know, can dig work. a ditch. And it's, you, if I didn't, like, I am, things are going well. Uh, the, 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 the industry is going in a Jackie Cation direction. Oh, right yeah. Now. Nobody fucking knows who I am, but I don't care. And, uh, <laughs> but everyone's paying me. And everyone's paying me very fair. And yeah. it's been going really well. But if... <clears throat> And the thing is, is, is it goes back down again, right? I mean, you peak and then you drop and then you look for more work. But I will always do stand-up comedy because I can't not do stand-up comedy. Nobody wants to be around me if I haven't done stand-up for four days because mm. I, I got to bleed off my a need. I don't know if it's a need for attention. I don't know if it's a need to, to work on new bits or whatever well, it is. But it, Jackie, that's why I need to do this show. Yeah. <laughs> I've got like a True. bunch of shit in my head <laughs> that, has that to I've got to bleed off. off. Like, like, a, like a balloon. And the 10-year-olds don't really respond right. to no, yeah. <laughs> Right, right. Oh, I, you can't I, say it. You know, administrators. Here's what's funny is like, I am very much like myself when I teach Mm -hmm. on the show without the swearsies. True. (laughs) Without the swears, you're doing Carlin. You're doing twelve in front of your class. The only reason I don't leave is like, I don't know. It's 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 like I've got like 27 kids and they like the unconditional well and the unconditional love I get from these kids right like when I'm sick they're like oh Mr. B (laughs) you should go home this is too hard right and it's like so they're super sweet yeah and just you know and and probably them. little ass hats but oh yeah uh, sometimes all yeah they can be total yeah. assholes or kids right but it's like like helping educate someone and like turn them into hopefully better people yeah it's kind of a fucking amazing thing yeah you know mm. that's neat all right well there you go that's that's what it's well that's what it's done for i like ending on that right that's a lot that's now sweet. more positive but now if i you know if i could buy a decent car that'd be fucking cool too <laughs> you know well, all i can say about money is when i filled out my uh, application on the aca they said do you want all of the insurance <laughs> Because <laughs> you made no money, son. <laughs> and, uh, uh, we're going to close up with, uh, you got some film reviews for us? No. <laughs> or anything? Oh, yeah! yeah! Yeah, we're ready for this one. We reviewed a movie! There's a... <laughs> it's, a it's only it's, one movie coming out this week. <clears throat> yeah. And, and it, as I said on Big Movie Mouth Off, you don't need any more fucking movie than this movie. No. <laughs> this, uh, this is the seventh fucking chapter of Fast and Furious. Uh, Furious 7. Oh, right, the car racing thing. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. They don't even so race cars anymore. anymore. Oh, they're done racing? Racing the well, cars? They, they, don't, they just drive cars like through buildings and shit, oh, but like okay. they're not they, really they racing. They parachute them out of fucking planes. The, the whole fucking pink slip thing's not there anymore. No. Like, <laughs> apparently when you crash a fucking car, like the next thing they just have another one. And I'm like, <laughs> I, want, I, said, I want to see the director's cut where they're at the dealership again. Like, I need another one. Yeah. I just I, <laughs> no, they, I broke that one. It's, it's oh just like, it's just like, uh, it's like that old Spy Master game where they've just yes. got a diesel truck oh, right. that pulls up and drops <laughs> one. Spy Hunter. Yeah, and they drop it down the ramp and jump from your wrecked car all the past? Yeah. First? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I've so never seen any of them. Here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. It's It started out, this thing about is Fast and Furious. Is it like Star Trek? The odd ones are good? What is the deal? <laughs> None are good. I mean, that's the... I mean, yeah, are they all good? No. 
yeah, no. it's, it just depends. Well, I mean, the, the newest the newest one people have problems with because Benedict Cumberbatch is playing the Asian character. Well, <laughs> no well, way. The first one started no, out. No. Andy if, Rooney wasn't available, or Mickey Rooney. Andy Rooney probably also not available if, since he's dead and not that person. I knew where. I knew where. <laughs> Dig him up, Mickey Rooney. Um, yeah. It, the thing with the Fast and Furious, it started out as a Point Break ripoff. Okay. Like you know, I never saw Point Break either. So what good. Jackie, you missed out live. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that one's seminal. That one's everyone's. It's like you got to see that. Anyway, well, at least watch. At least watch the the the, you know, the Patrick Swayze one before this fucking remake uh, comes out. I would say it's coming. Lori Petty's second best work. Second best? <laughs> Tank Girl. Tank Girl. Tank Girl. Tank girl. <laughs> oh, I saw, sh- weirdly enough, I saw Tank Girl. Of she did. <laughs> Tank Girl's a shitty movie, but she was great in it. She was and great then, in it. And so, then her third best work was on uh, Booker. Yep. Richard Greco. Oh, yep. Um, so, ah, so Fury right. 7 starts right where 6 leaves off and that's why I keep laughing that there's been 7 of these fucking things. Um, okay, and let me say, I've only seen half of the 6th one okay. and the entire 7th one. Yeah. But um, I was like, I, I saw the previews and I was like, was it hard to catch up? Yeah. I was, no, I was not. I lost. <laughs> not, but I looked at Jimmy we watched the preview for it yeah. we were together I was like, I need to go see this movie. Yeah. I think my fucking dick wrote this movie. <laughs> you know, I had the same reaction with the new Mad Max. <laughs> You're I just sleeping and your dick just detaches like, itself. Like my dick detached itself, picked up a little pen and its dick hole and started writing. No, no, it's a hundred dicks in a room with a hundred typewriters. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You're bound to get Shakespeare. You know, right? you know no, 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 you would just get the word titty written all over and over Boobs, and over boobs, and boobs, and boobs. Car- Carrie, Carrie's in the background just flinching and hitting his head against the this, wall. This I can't write. I got blocked. The screenplay is just ass shot from a Xerox machine. That's just yeah. that's what it looks like. Well, anyway, so starts off. You've got uh, Jason Statham, uh, and, and I had to see it because I've got a fucking man crush on Jason. Jason fucking Statham. So kicking the head. He's like oh, kicking the fucking throat. He's Luke Evans' brother, and he's like, and it's one of the greatest intros. He's just standing over the hospital bed. He's like, I'm gonna get him. <laughs> I'm gonna get all of them like that, you know. Right. And, and then in the background, you see two cowering nurses. And I'm like tapping Jimmy. I'm like, what the fuck is going on with these idiots in the background? They're shaking like cartoon style. Like, oh my god, he's a bad guy. You know? <laughs> yeah, just like, but you then hear, the you camera, hear them chattering their teeth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, seriously, like it was like, like oh, pulling their collar, like, pulling the collar, like, rah, 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 you know. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck are they doing back there? This is terrible. Right. The, the camera swings around, and you you happen to see that the entire hospital is almost on fire, and like 20 dead SWAT team members, and like he's Whoa. just destroyed the fucking place. <laughs> right. That's why you go during visiting hours because they're very <laughs> get pissy. Yeah. Uh, so and then so you would think that the, a revenge plot is enough for this kind of film. Well, no, it's not because then Kurt Russell shows up and he's like, "Hey, um, I can help you find Jason Statham, but you have to rescue a hacker in an, you know a country that no one fucking knows." And um, I will that, say, I'm going to steal a line from Joe Bob Briggs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of plot to get in the way of the story of this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's like, "Rescue this hacker because she can access this thing called the God's Eye that can watch anybody in the world." And then you can find you Jason can find Statham. Jason Statham. That so way. how do you do that? Right. Well, you skydive your your fucking cars in, oh into the God. country. Yeah. Um, but, but in, <laughs> inexplicably, and I'll and I'll, uh, I'll it's so fucking stupid. I'll quote, I love it so much. Our, I want to see it again. Our friend uh, Scott. Our friend Scott called it because everywhere they fucking show up, even though they had to get a fucking jumbo jet and skydive their cars into it, or they do you know go into a country that they're not you know they secretly sneak into it. Statham shows up right. fucking everywhere. And you know, I said that, on the review, I was like, you don't need the fucking God's eye. Just stand on a fucking corner because Jason Statham's going to show up and start hitting you. 
He'll find you. And, and Scott described it as, he, he's like, he's like fucking Carrie Fisher in Blues Brothers. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Just, just keep showing up out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> so, so you got That's that awesome. going. And then they go to fucking Abu Dhabi. And for some inexplicable <laughs> reason, a, a, fucking, so a fucking prince has a $3 million car on the 80th floor. So they decide to ramp it from fucking skyscraper to skyscraper. Like they're driving out windows. Wah! And they almost skyscraper to sky. Yeah. No. And not just one, not one, but two. It goes from oh one from, from skyscraper one to but two. The, and then when they hit the second the one, one, the brakes go out and they have to hit the third one. Oh, <laughs> the brakes go out. Not the, the axles, not not the no, tires. No, and, and Vin Diesel just acting his stupid ass off. And, and I'll ruin a plot oh, for you because who gives a fuck? Uh, there's a part where. Spoiler. Well, what, what, what almost kills Vin Diesel? Well, it's not the fucking rolling down the mountain in his car. It's not rampant from skyscraper to skyscraper. It's not skydiving. It's like a, a drop from like a three story parking garage. <laughs> yeah. He sprains his ankle. No, he, Seriously. He, he rolls out and he's like, ugh. You know? He's dead. Oh. And so, uh, so he's dead. So they're doing CPR and giving mouth to mouth. And all of a sudden, Michelle Rodriguez, love her. who love her character, I completely forgot that she lost her memory. Right. Like, into, it's like a into, shitty soap opera with car crashes. Fucking thing. So she goes, everybody back away. And just like cradles him. And she's like, you and I said that if I died, you would die. We're going to go together. And I'm not ready. I'm not ready I'm to not leave ready this to live world this yet. yet. And also he goes, ugh. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, then, and then she goes, she goes, and it got my memory back. It's all back. Yeah, I, remember I remember everything. I remember everything. I remember getting married in Puerto Rico. <laughs> so his response Pardon? to that knows that he's alive. He goes, it's about time. Like that, you know? <laughs> and so Shannon really looked at her and goes, oh God, she nagged like a- him back to life. <laughs> <laughs> She it was fucking... it was like a mashup of Friends and Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. It oh is my God. a complete clusterfuck. And right. don't even get me started on the fucking, I mean, I, I, we lost Paul Walker. I get you had to deal with it. But like the shitty digital mapping of his face, like where it's not sitting still and it's kind of jumbling around. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Onto some stunt man. They could do a better job on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Is yeah, that what you're telling me? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, like the, the scenes where, you know, they ended on a beach and they're like, goodbye, Paul. And he's like, you know, almost like looking at the beach and waving behind. Like, oh. <laughs> Did a, did a shark? Oh, man! Did a shark jump out of the ocean and drag him in? <laughs> no, I'll give you a tornado. They, they didn't kill him off. I'll give him that. But like, what they did is that he's a family man. He can't be doing this shit anymore. So like, so, right. so Brian's gonna be but, off doing that in Mexico. But I, I sit there, I was looking at Jimmy, and like, um, Vin Diesel has these monologues. Oh, it's all about family. I love you guys. We've been through so much together, and I just like. Towards the end of the movie, I looked at Jimmy. I go, "This is like watching a thumb trying to fucking act." <laughs> but he's a good actor. I mean, this with the is right how material. I mean uh, how stupid it is uh, the the rocket's laid up for the whole movie. In a, <laughs> the rock, he's so fucking stupid, and it's so good. And he's like in a hospital bed for ninety percent of the movie, which is that's how you use the rock and his muscles. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I love any movie that's. I mean, there are shitty movies that the rock just being in them just yeah. makes them better. Oh god, oh, and that's one of these yeah. movies. But oh, like, so he has a he has a fight scene with Jason Statham. He puts him in the hospital, but then the the, the war comes back to L.A. And it's funny he sees like explosions outside his hospital window. So what do you do? Of course he gets up and just flexes his muscle and blows the right. fucking cast he off. He fucking he healed his arm with f- just with machismo. <laughs> Crack! Fuck you! I am healed. And then looks at his daughter and I said it fucking verbatim what he said before he even said you go. Daddy's got to go to work. And then, <laughs> and then he goes, Daddy's got to go to work. And I go, nailed it. And what the fuck is he made of? Rock. Adamant, adamantium? I, I don't know. I think he's <laughs> I think he's half centaur. So, so Shan- well, technically, we're all half centaur. Shan- Shannon called it good and said, uh, when we did Big Movie Mouth Off, and I, and I agree with this review, and I, and I said it on the news this morning, was uh, there's two ways to review this film. If you look at it in an intellectual standpoint, it's a fucking zero. Right, you, I gave it, like, it one star. You made a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I gave it one star. I gave it one star intellectually. 
I gave it zero. Right. Because I was like, you, no. There's nothing uh -uh. there. Now, if, you're, nothing if you know anything about physics, you're going to hate this fucking movie. Or just life. <laughs> <laughs> or the human condition in general. Oh, like there's a scene with a fucking bus like that, and like they blow the fucking back half of the bus off, and fucking gunfire everywhere, and the bus driver's just driving like it's normal. <laughs> like you think he turned on the goddamn blinker when he's going into the lane, just like, don't, don't. And then, and Remember Jedi, I looked at this guy, I go, Who's driving the fucking bus? Who's driving? And all of a sudden he gets shot in the back of the head. And, oh, now it's a problem. Now, now it's <laughs> now we got fucking issues. Uh, but then what was it? it was a but for the rating of uh, for the beast within yeah. your, your male testosterone right. that needs to feed on this the kind of beast shit. that struggles inside of yeah. all men. Uh, I gave it three. Okay. And I, did three I, give it, I, gave, I think I gave it four. I think you gave it three and a half. Just, three and a half. Yeah. So in total, we gave it seven stars. Seven stars. Put that on your, <laughs> put that on your movie post. I'm just glad I'm reviewing the right car movie this year. <laughs> Which one are you doing? I'm doing Cars. Fury Road. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're doing Fuck Max. that. Which I'm going. Go see this stupid movie. Yeah. Get drunk. Yeah. You have to. It. It's the only thing in theaters this weekend. All movies have been removed, and it's all Furious 7. Oh, I was hoping so, Broovies would get it. Because like to have a pitcher of beer and get shit-faced and watch oh, Furious 7 would be fantastic. Like, I'm not kidding. I kind of want to see it again. Oh, I'd see it again. <laughs> you I, know. Do, I do have a couple quick recommendations. Yes. I promise I will make it quick. This coming Saturday is Tabletop Game Day. Ooh, so go where? to your uh, any local, your friendly local game shop. So I'll be at uh, Game Night Games <coughs> here in Sugar House. Cool. And demoing games. Uh, I'll be doing Crossmaster Arena, which is like my favorite weird French tabletop miniature game. Mm -hmm. What's it uh, called? It's called Crossmaster Arena. Okay. It's the name of the game. And it's a ton of fun. She's looking just, it up right just, now. It's just goofy Why shit. Why can't you be on this show all the time? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but the other one, uh, quick comic book recommendations. Darth Vader number three. Yes. Uh, there is a techno anthropologist. Uh, think of a female Indiana Jones whose reaction to somebody saying, those droids belong in a museum is, no, they belong in an arsenal. Um, oh, wow. But Kanan, I'm reading Princess Leia. I love Princess, Princess Leia. Princess Leia. Fantastic. Yeah, I've only read title. the first two. When, did when, three come out yet? Probably. Uh, no, it's only the first two, but Terry and Rachel Dodson, they're they're a fantastic husband and wife illustration team. They're the ones doing the, the drawings for the Princess Leia comic. They're yeah. fantastic. They and amazing. look, there are other women in the universe. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, it's pretty, it's a great, it's, uh, it's, but if I was going to read all of the Darth, if I was going to read all the Star Wars, it would be too big of a crossover. Can't do it. Well, the, no, the best one, the Darth is, Vader one is great. Well, there's, oh, it's the Darth Vader one. Fucking uh, Salvador yeah. Laruca is doing the art for yeah. Darth Vader, and okay. when he draws every stitch on Vader's costume, it's fantastic. Okay. But Kanan, the last Padawan, just came out oh, this, yeah, this yeah. past Wednesday. Uh, Kanan being the the lead in the Star Wars Rebels comic, and it actually shows his backstory the day Order sixty six is given. Mm -hmm. uh, fantastic bridge between the old trilogy and the new trilogy, and the artwork is stunning. You'd, and, be, you'd be good uh, reading the, the well the. Star Wars title from Marvel, which is written yeah. by Jason Aaron, which is terrific. Which is I love Jason Aaron. The Darth Vader and the Leia comic. You'd be good with those. The Vader, two? The Vader comic's great because it takes the point of view of that the Empire's right. So even at the beginning when it shows the opening crawl, it's like, devastation strikes the Empire. Oh. <laughs> so it's All right, there's, it's, a, there's, a, there's and, a thing called the Nerd Store in the mall that I'm staying by. Yeah. Oh, Valley Fire Mall. Yeah. And that's so I go to go there and get the two, the, the three. Thing, three the thing with issue number three is that uh, this, this techno-anthropologist uh, gives Vader his droids because of yeah. course being Anakin Skywalker he's got to have his protocol droid and his astromech droid but this one uh, the protocol droid is uh, fluent in 5 million languages and 6,000 <laughs> different forms of torture Oh, <laughs> and the astromech is actually a blastomech droid blastomech yeah and they're both what's, matte black what's cool about the Vader comic is that uh, it starts right after episode
episode four, Vader is in some deep shit. He's seen as responsible for the destruction oh, of the Death Star. It by, had, it, I, yeah. I love that all of it starts after episode four yeah. because episode four was the only one that had a real denouement. Well, and, it had an excellent end and you're like, well, now what the hell's going to well, happen? Well, the Leia comic, she's it's literally it's, right after the awards. It's ceremony. right after the awards. It was just, uh, there was a great, big, great panel where she's given the awards and Chewie's just... Growl. Yeah, well, uh, no. the, the Vader comic's fantastic because he's being handed around to different admirals, like, okay. like just a secondhand Kleenex. Because okay. the Emperor is basically yeah, trying gotta, to show him humility. Okay, so. well, I got yeah, I got to get it now. But watching I'll, I'll him with his own games that he's got in motion, so the one what Admiral says, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna set the stooge upon you that's gonna keep an eye on you. So of course Vader hacks this guy's files and makes him look like a like a traitor. Oh, okay. So it's it's good stuff. Are but, you guys reading uh, Kelly DeConnick's uh, Bitch Planet? I am. It's good stuff. That's awesome stuff, I love it. man. I'm it's three a, in, and it's great. It's yeah, it's yeah. There's just three, and it's super well, it's just, really well written. Got a hey, pretty ta- deadly too. And I'll take those call. off your hands. I heard you talking oh, on the radio. I, I got them cool. right here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I got to jump on the Star Wars thing uh, because this past episode of Flash mm-hmm. with Mark Hamill, holy as, shit, as the trickster. Yeah. Uh, first of all, making him say "I am your father." Yeah. Fucking amazing. How that many was, episodes am I have I missed on Flash? Um, what, have you started? I haven't started. You, you haven't seen any. You're about seventeen behind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Netflix, Netflix, Hulu Plus. Uh, Hulu, Hulu Plus. Okay. Uh, Hulu Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hulu Plus Jackie, will only do five episodes. It is. Oh yeah, you can't see them all in Hulu. It's Plus. my favorite show on TV. Okay. And I will still say, I think it is the most faithful. It is comic book adaptation read, of all time. See, I've tried to read the Flash and I've never cared. Yeah, it's the like Quicksilver. Why, it's hard for me to go. Yeah. Well, what what do you do with that power? It's the his, reason why the, it's his rogues, his bad guys. The reason oh, why they're the so works. shitty, they're so shitty was, and weird. I was trying to explain yeah. Gorilla Grodd to her the other but night. The reason, oh, the, reason, the reason why the Flash show works though is okay. Arrow is is still tied up with its whole uh, God, soap yeah, opera Arrow. pathos yeah, because it's, soap opera. it's a CW format. And it's a CW show, so, so they it's said, all emo. They weren't willing to give them the the freedom that they gave the guys that do the, the same team doing the yeah. Flash. The Flash, the reason why it works is because it's fun. Yeah. It's not caught up and, in its own mope. And they embrace the stupidness of the Flash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Right? Well, well I mean, I mean, a, like, giant, a giant like, treadmill. I mean, come right. on. I said that. Uh, yeah, but can I just <laughs> tell you, like, there's many reasons that I'm sad that Mr. Jeff Weiss is not here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> One of the like every single fucking episode, I'm like, oh, when, holy when, shit! When uh, he would be losing his fucking when, mind. When Harrison Wells says, "I am Eobard Thrawn, or Thawne, <laughs> yeah. I am from the future," and I'm just like, I, oh, yeah. But have I you got, seen have you seen the Tracer episode yet? Yeah. Oh okay. god. Yeah, so and, and hearing right. hearing hearing Mark Hamill with the Joker voice say, "I am your father," <laughs> but also it got me excited because I'm like, dude, Hamill got some chops, you know, like yeah. since, since the other Star Wars. So with Episode Seven coming, yeah. I hope he's the villain. I. That's what we were talking about that. Huh? Yeah, he like, got, I hope he's the bad guy. He got those chops since the last time he played the trickster on the Flash. Yeah, because I've watched those two episodes again, mm-hmm. and he didn't quite have that gravitas that he had in this last episode. He actually has the greatest line when, when he injects all the people with the vaccine. I love it because well, that wasn't very sanitary. No, his, <laughs> his, his best, his best line in the entire thing was, "I hope somebody cuts off his head and smacks him in the face with it." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was great. Well, I'm just like the opening scene, that opening fight. Oh yeah, between like where they show it all in slow motion, like the two mm-hmm. speedsters. When it, it was the fifteen years ago, yeah. when Barry's mom's in the middle, and I'm just like, 
This and, looks fucking cool. And uh, Egg pointed out that uh, if you look at Barry's suit, it's the one from the new 52. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, All too. Right. Anything else before we go? I've got just a few titles. Just Blu-ray's DVD's got to fly through. Yes. Uh, a Most Violent Year is now out. with uh, Jessica Chastain was amazing in that film. Uh, let's see. The Immigrants Out, Voices with good old Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. Oh, yes. And that shit with fucking Mario Lopez was funny Fuck as shit. Fuck you, Slater. Fuck you, Slater. <laughs> now, this is the movie where the, the dog and the cat talk to him. Yeah, he's talking to his pets. And yeah. they're telling him to kill people. Yeah, I, it was it was at Sundance. I haven't seen it. I want to. I've heard mixed reviews. It's it, 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 The trailer I saw was intriguing, but I don't know if it'll be yeah. a fan so, of homicidal talking cats right, and dogs. Say, it's it, a must-see. Look who's shouldn't be talking. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and the cat's the mastermind. The dog's just kind of dumb. Yeah. You know? and As it, it it's would just be. brilliant. Anyway. Uh, there's a film called Killers, uh, a film that I believe defined uh, the 90s. Cause I, well, I used to work in a record store, and Empire Records always kind of made me laugh. Mm-hmm. High Fidelity was more of my yeah. uh, record store experience when I worked there, but but, uh, but Empire Records was fun. Your uh, life is charmed. <laughs> that guy's <laughs> life was the great... He was so such a sad sack in High Fidelity, and I'm like, what is the problem? That yeah. was, well, that was <laughs> my boss. But no shit, that was my boss. Like, always being like a sad sack of shit. When you're like, but you are living the life, yeah. the charmed life yeah. where... What the hell? Like, like, you, we like went you to just a bone Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> yeah, right. Buck up, stupid. <laughs> yeah, buck up. Buck up. You have two beautiful women who want right. to be with you, and you get to have your record collection. I remember right? I remember sitting in my... And you get to hang out with Jack Black all day. Shut the fuck up. We, we walked out of the theater like that, and my boss's name was Glenn at the time, and I was like, Glenn, that was just like your life, except you're fucking ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Invaders from Mars was a remake of the 1950s one. I don't know if you ever remember. It was oh, in the 80s. In the 80s. Fucking, in 1989. It's oh, great. Oh, it gave me like fucking nightmares when I was a kid. It, yeah. is a, it is a fun, actual, like, mid-teens monster movie. Yeah. I wrote these down real fast for Shannon because uh, Sharky's Machine and Hooper, <laughs> Burt Reynolds, yeah. are on Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, also, Hooper's good. He's a stuntman. <laughs> Sharky's Machine, man. That's <laughs> the greatest movie I don't like world. it because he doesn't have a mustache. I don't watch the ones without... Well, you're not <laughs> a deliverance guy. <laughs> I, well, I'll, <laughs> he looks weird with I, that. I, I'll give him deliverance. That's All the right. only mustacheless okay. Burt Reynolds movie I'll watch. I'm just frightened. I know that. All right. Uh, <laughs> see, I know she, I haven't. I want to watch this really bad. But Shannon Ray's about the Foo Fighters, Sonic Highways. It's really God, amazing. Really good. If you are a fan of of music, music and. Rock, like rockumentaries and documentaries. Yeah. It is so well done. Dave, oh, but but wait, Dave Grohl really touches film wise, like at least with music. Um, God, I'm trying to think of the, the, the documentary he did about the studio. Um, can't remember. Uh, the sound, uh, something sound. Sound, sound City. City. Yeah. Sound City. That one's fantastic. I will say if you uh, tend to not like things that other people like, don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've, if you're, I've gone if you're, if you're with, a tool bag. I've gone through yes. this with Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, after hearing so many great things about it, I can't stand it. You know what? Just you right. don't like things yeah. that other people. Well, no, like, I so love that show fine. because like he brings on the guys from Naked Raygun, and I'm like, <laughs> somebody else knows who fucking Naked Raygun is? <laughs> like one of my old favorite punk bands. Cat's uh, been watching a lot of this on Hulu, but now the, the sets uh, inside Amy Schumer, yeah. season one and two. Oh yeah, yeah really good. So good. She's got the writing up. and the it's so amazing. Uh, uh, season nine of King of the Hill is now out. It's still a friend of mine said about about Amy Schumer yeah. said, you know what? If she I, she's got to stop saying that she's not a uh, not attractive, and I was like, or you're going to eventually believe her, right? <laughs> and he goes, no shit, no shit. She's making her less attractive when she keeps talking about it. I said, those jokes are actually about how L.A. doesn't think she's good looking. She yeah. thinks she's fine. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> she should clarify that in her act. Uh, Ken, uh, for my friend Augie, he would like her to cl- if she, uh, you- Amy, if you're listening, Augie <laughs> would like you to clarify that you think you're. Fine. Uh, that Hollywood might not. We're peering behind the curtain here. Um, yeah. King of the Hill, one of the most 
underrated it sitcoms really of all time. It's funny. Hey, if it, we're recommending stuff, uh, you guys should uh, read Ms. Marvel. You guys read Ms. Marvel? Yes. <laughs> it's Leah's the so greatest, greatest comic book out right now. Uh, yeah, uh, I, in addition to 19 other comic books that I'm reading. But no, they're no. all they're all great. But Ms. Marvel is amazing. Ms. Marvel is the comic that my daughter's been waiting for her entire life. Nice. <laughs> Excellent, because your daughter is a tiny Muslim child. No, 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 no she's, but she's a 14-year-old girl. And she yeah. reads this comic. And she's like, oh, my God, Kamala can be Kamala. She can be who exactly who she wants to That's be. It. She's a badass regardless. Right. The fact that she made her costume out of out of traditional Muslim clothing, you know, exactly. is, is fantastic. And there's also little tags all through the comic that explain what different things are that they're talking about. So oh, they don't okay. dumb it down for the American audience. Oh, good. They actually explain it to you. Oh, good. And she's she's great. When she nerds out when Wolverine shows up and she nerds out for like a good five minutes, they're going through the sewers and she's like, yeah, you're... You're the guy I was hoping yeah, it's like would be three my pages. first team up. Three pages of her nerding out. Just, just, yeah. <laughs> Which like, is what you I, would do if you got to meet Hugh Jackman. Of know, course. I always wanted to have superpowers, and I always thought if I had superpowers, who would I want to team up with first? <laughs> you were always one of the first. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Uh, real fast. And then if you like your complete series, uh, your giant box sets that keep you you know, company for days upon weeks and mm-hmm. months, uh, you've got MacGyver. <laughs> yeah! Wow. Brady Bunch, Frazier, and Matlock are all out. My lord. <laughs> uh, that was do you guys one. know what I do on Facebook? I think it's so funny. I like... Complain um, about West Valley? No, I... No. <laughs> well, I fucking West Valley. Um, I like, like, Matlock and Little House on the Prairie. And, um... Why did you do that? Because I like to get their updates. <laughs> it makes me laugh. I was like, have there been a lot of Matlock You know what I'm recording like? on my DVR now is all the Barney Millers. Oh! Yeah. They're so... They hold up, like, hell. Jack They're Sue. awesome. Jack Sue, hilarious. All Ron, of them. Ron Glass I was, was the great only on person. Go find uh, stupid shows and like them on Facebook. It's I was funny. the only nine-year-old who had a crush on Steve Landisberg. Oh! <laughs> and then because uh, Tony's not here uh, just video game wise uh, Mario Party 10 is now out so yes it for is your, for your social I've not played it it's a party there were nine others I yeah. guess oh yeah yeah those games are fun too alright and of course uh, the dork forest the dork forest yes. dork on dork dialogue you guys uh, this has been a very much a dork on dork dialogue episode <laughs> of Geek Show Podcast Thank Thank and um, yeah good times dorkforest.com you were on like five four years or five ago. years ago yeah yeah, yeah. Much more enjoyable experience because I'm oh, not because I'm not dying. <laughs> Jack, remember I had to like waddle off. <laughs> oh yeah, you were you were. Uh... Did you do the show with us at the coffee shop? Yeah, yeah. probably. Oh, well, we've met before. Yeah, there you go. It's <laughs> nice to meet you again. again. You're yeah. the one I kept saying. I wish we could get that one person back. Now I know. I'll be uh, I'll be in Logan, Utah. If you guys want a road trip down there and do one, uh, <laughs> why not? Well, the, Logan's north, right? Or yeah, okay. that road trip north and no, and I won't have time because I'm just opening for Regan. But just remember, north and west oh. is the lake okay <laughs> all right look for her opening for brian regan yeah wow. let's go and cool. boise i'm doing Bo- boise with him and i'm doing logan utah you know, boise is actually a pretty cool town that's what i hear uh, uh, boise is a cool town but it's lousy with one-way streets mm-hmm. so just be i'm not careful. gonna drive he okay. has a tour bus he brian regan uh, travels like he has a band it is oh. this, talk about talk he's, about the greatest way to do the road exactly it's he's got bunks in there so when we do overnights you can just sack out and every bunk has a tv with a dvd player wow and um, it's just super fun because uh, you can just you can and I was like what's the what's the bus etiquette from Tampa because I w- flew in on a red eye can I just do I have to be social and they're like 
No, no, your bunk <laughs> is your is your coffin. Go do whatever you need to do. <laughs> your bunk is your castle. And so I bunk out. Oh, Jackie, thank me you and, for being Firefly. <laughs> and like Jane says, I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> and thank you for joining us. I wish you could be on every. I, I wish you could too. be on every episode for real. It's I do super too. fun. Everyone should listen to the Dork Forest. It'll be yes. Like, you guys could do mashups. Who's got the audio skills? Just do Geek Show podcast. We'll let Tony do that. All right, all right. <laughs> I might actually start listening to podcasts. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> right. yeah. Jack, Mr. B, great. if you would. Oh shit! Um, yeah, you're supposed to have uh, this thing. Uh, uh, Dork Forest Morehead. Yeah, there you go. <laughs>